Well, good morning, High Life. Um, this is the day the Lord has made, and uh, we will rejoice and be glad in it. That's always, it's, it's great to be alive. Uh, thank God for His mercy and grace uh, that is extended in our direction. I trust you are well and your families are well. You know, over the last uh, month or so, or more than a month actually, we've been talking about the important subject of faith. And particularly over the last um, two weeks, uh, we've spent time in our workshops just examining um, the Logos, um, because faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God is revealed to us uh, through the Holy Scriptures. But one verse uh, taken uh, in isolation does not uh, necessarily the will of God uh, show. So it's important that we investigate what the Logos is saying in order that uh, we may uh, feed on the Word and our hearts may receive God's Word and faith can rise out of that. So I trust you've had a great time because uh, studying the Scriptures um, to be shown approved as workmen, uh, cutting a straight line through the Word is essential uh, if we're going to receive the fruit of the Word. Um, so I, I trust you had a good time uh, doing that, establishing God's mind before we begin to feed. It's a bit like trying to make a meal and trying to get strength from a meal. Uh, it's important that you put the ingredients together first, and that's what the Logos is. And then you begin to prepare the meal. Um, and in this case, through meditation, uh, through arranging verses and then meditating on them, is how you begin to assimilate the word into your system. Uh, this is a lifelong habit um, that would, 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 um, uh, would, would show you, uh, would help you in every aspect of life. Uh, today, um, we spent a lot of time on, on, on the subject of faith and, and what I'm going to do as much as possible is try to make it practical because we have, uh, we have um, established some key foundations. But I want you to see the practical outworking of this in the lives of um, people that have gone before because the principles of faith are exactly the same. Uh, Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, he says, have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Uh, and this is the same kind of faith that, um, that all those who have gone before the elders, as it were. It is this kind of faith that caused the elders to receive divine approval. So I want us to see these principles um, in their lives um, um, practically so that we can emulate those in ours. But before we get into the word, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we're so thankful uh, for your presence in our lives. We're thankful, O oh God, because um, you're, you will never leave us nor forsake us. Uh, thank you because you keep leading us uh, from, from grace to grace and glory to glory. Uh, thank you because our path is like that of, um, of continuous illumination. So Lord, we just bow our hearts before you this morning uh, to, to bring clarity in our hearts by your spirit. Show us what we've not seen before. Uh, establish in our hearts uh, that which needs to be established, that we can be fruitful uh, to the glory of your name. We give you thanks, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, as you know, uh, the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. This is how we live. First John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So faith is vital. Uh, in the life of an overcoming believer. Um, as always, it's important to um, accurately define uh, what we see in Scripture because over time, words um, uh, change in meaning and in application. 
um, due to the development of culture, especially popular culture. So it's important that when we talk about faith, uh, we understand the kind of faith that the Bible is speaking about. And that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of months or so. But it says it is this kind of faith that will cause the righteous to live or to, the, the righteous to experience real life. In fact, there are four verses of scripture that say essentially the same thing. Uh, in the New Testament, we have uh, Romans 1, 17, uh, where the Bible says the just shall live for faith. Uh, and then also in uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 10, verse 38, it says the just shall live by faith. But, but it's not just a New Testament phenomenon. In Habakkuk uh, 2, verse 4, the Bible says that the just shall live by his faith, his faith. Uh, and then also in, um, in, in Galatians, uh, it's also in the New Testament, in Galatians 3, 11, it says the just shall live by faith. You know, I like the way translation of um, Romans 1, 17. Way says it is from the soil of faith that the righteous shall grow up into real life. It is from the soil of faith. So faith is the foundation uh, from which productivity uh, results. It is from the soil of faith that the righteous will grow up into real life. So let us um, go to our text, uh, which is Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and um, um, verse 1 of course, sets the foundation. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, or by this kind of faith, um, the uh, Amplified says, this kind of faith, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things that are seen are not made of things which are visible. Now, let's look at this from the Passion Translation. In the Passion, it says, Now, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we long for. I'll read that again. Faith brings our hopes into reality. It's great to have hopes, but to bring them into reality, we need faith. Um, it says, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we hope for. You know, there are good things that we hope for. Uh, things for ourselves, things for our family, things for our community, and things for our nation. There are good things that we hope for. But it, be, it says faith is, it, it's not a desire that's, that is the foundation. It says faith becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things that we hope for. It says, it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Now, one of the things we've established um, over um, our investigation of this important topic is that this kind of faith, when we talk about this kind of faith, we're talking about something that engages with substance in the spiritual realm. You're not going to operate in this kind of faith 
without operating in the spiritual realm. You see, as human beings, we are multi-dimensional beings. We are spirits, we have souls, and we live in bodies. So by definition, we operate in um, several dimensions. Um, there is a dimension of the scene, which is the contactable realm, physical, physically contactable. But there's a, there's a dimension, there's a psychological dimension which we can contact through our mental faculties. But the most important dimension is a spiritual one. There's a spiritual realm and we have faculties or uh, we have attributes or faculties that engage with all these different realms. Now, we've been trained um, physically for the most part. So... There's some important faculties that we have as part of our birth that we haven't typically trained, particularly our spiritual faculties. But if we're going to operate in this kind of faith, this kind of faith, um, we are going to engage with substance in the spiritual realm. Okay? And that is why from the basis or from the place of definition, Speaking about faith, it says God spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. God spoke and the invisible realm gave birth to all that is seen. So if we are going to operate in the faith of God, yes, we are going to speak. That is part of it. But you see, speech is much more than physical. Because when God spoke in the beginning... Um, he didn't speak English, Greek, or Hebrew. In fact, he did not utter sound because in a vacuum, you can't have sound. When there's nothing, there can't be sound. So when the Bible says God spoke, it is speaking about the release of instructions that causes the spiritual realm to respond. So it has nothing to do with the decibel of your voice. It has nothing to do with how loud you can shout or whether you whisper. In fact, in Matthew's account of the miracle of the woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says she said within herself, if I touch the helm of his garment, I'll be made whole. So the operation of this kind of faith requires engagement with the spiritual realm. So yes, we will speak we will give instructions that cause a response in the spirit. But it says that our instructions will cause substance that is in the invisible realm to be given birth to in the physical realm. So these things that we desire, good things for our bodies, health in our bodies, money in our pockets, um, um, you know, resources for our families, changes in our, our economy and in our nation. These great things that we desire, if we're going to operate by this kind of faith, this kind of faith, it is going to engage with real things in a different realm and cause that realm to give birth in the physical realm. So this kind of faith always engages with spiritual substance. And we're going to see this time and again in the life of the heroes of faith. Okay? Because faith, 
faith locks on to a real thing in the invisible realm. And the Bible says that it is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So faith reaches into the realm of the spirit and locks on to substance in the invisible realm, lays hold of it and brings it into the realm of the physical. That is what faith does. It locks on to real substance in the realm of the spirit. Have you ever been looking for something? When I was meditating on this briefly this morning, I have this picture. You know, have you ever been, you know, stuck your hand into maybe a, a, a locked a chest? Maybe there's a hole in a chest of drawers or something. I just lock, I just put your hand through and you are trying to feel for something. Um, you know, maybe there's a particular key in that chest and you're trying to feel for it. You know, maybe it's a chest of drawers or a chest that has, or a drawer that has um, um, some articles like um, maybe your socks, some pairs of socks, some underwear, but there's something in there. There's a key in there. Now, imagine reaching your hand into that drawer and, you, and let's, let's assume you're blindfolded. This illustration is not going as well as I'd hoped. Um, so imagine you're blindfolded and, and someone says, okay, feel for your key here. So you put your hand in and you, um, you feel, you feel something soft. Okay, those are my socks. You feel a, a band, you know, you think, no, that can't be socks. That's probably underwear. And then you feel for a key. I say, oh, 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 I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. You feel for it. You feel for it. And you lay hold of it. Yeah. And you lay hold of it. And, and, and you, you have touched something. You have, you have felt it and it's real. So now you can't see it yet. But, but it is all the proof you need um, um, of what is still unseen. And you think, oh, I've got it, I've got it. And you pull it out and you say, yeah, this is what it is. This, here it is. You've taken it from a realm that wasn't visible to a realm that's visible. But the key thing, though, is that it's a real substance in a real realm and you have locked onto it. Okay? It's, it, will be, it will do you no benefit it will be of no benefit to you if it's there, but you haven't locked onto it because you need to bring it here, okay? So what faith does, what faith is, is through its operation, it locks on to real substances. You know, faith doesn't actually create anything. Faith actually just brings something from one realm into another. It is God that creates, okay? And faith brings from the realm of the unseen into the realm of the physical. And that's why um, um, these elders obtained a good report because things that are already in existence were brought into the physical realm. So in looking at faith, this kind of faith, uh, we have established that there must be engagement with real substance in the realm of the spirit. There must be engagement with real substance in the realm of the spirit. So let, let us start with some examples of this and see how um, how it operated in the lives of um, those who have gone before. In verse 4, I read the New Living Translation. It says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God 
than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. I'm going to read the passion of that. It says, faith moved Abel. Faith moved Abel to choose a more acceptable sacrifice to offer to God than his brother Cain. And God declared him righteous because of his offering of faith. By his faith, Abel still speaks to us today, even though he is long dead. Faith moved Abel. Faith moved Abel to offer a more acceptable offering than Cain. Faith moved Abel. Now, the reason why Abel was justified by faith was not just because of what he did, but why he did it. Okay? Faith was what moved him to offer a sacrifice that's more, that was more acceptable than Cain's sacrifice. Faith moved him. Now we know that when faith is in operation, it engages with spiritual substance. So Abel had connected to the reality of God as his source. Faith had connected to the reality of God as his source. And that faith in God moved him and caused his sacrifice to be more acceptable than Cain's. Now we know from Matthew 6, the Bible says, when you give, um, don't be like the Pharisees that make a big you know, deal of what they're given and make an announcement. Okay, it's not, it, it's not about, about you know, how flamboyant you are with your giving, yeah? If, it's a, if you're given by faith, it is based on something deeper. It, it's based on a connection to a reality that is greater than what you can see. It says faith moved Abel. His faith in God moved him to do something. His understanding of God as his source caused him to do something. And what did he do? Uh, the Bible says that um, he chose a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Now, if we go into, if you actually look at um, the Genesis account of that, uh, let us actually go uh, to the book of Genesis chapter 4, uh, the New Living Translation. Mm -hmm. In verse 2, speaking about um, Eve, it says, Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd, while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. So Cain gave a gift, but Abel also brought a gift. Abel brought the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Now we know from Matthew 6 that um, it, it is not so much the quantity 
of what is given. Is that a gift of faith? It is, it is, a, is it a gift? You see, Cain gave a gift. But Abel was moved by something. He was moved by his understanding of God as his source. That was, that was what that action was based on. You know, two people can, can, can carry out exactly the same action. One is accepted and one is rejected because whatever is not of faith is sin. Um, and, and whatever is not of faith will not give birth or will not produce any spiritual fruit. Okay, so be very careful about how you judge the actions of men. And that's why it takes the judgment seat of Christ to really show the quality of um, a man's work. Okay, because you can have, you know, phenomenal works that are destroyed. And you can have what seem like few works that are highly valued. Faith moved Abel to give. Moved able to give. I, I think it's actually quite interesting that the very first example of faith is in the quality of giving. The quality of giving. Uh, and, and, and where that giving comes from. Where that giving comes from. You know, as a, as a minister, uh, a minister for many decades, and it's interesting that you can usually get more or get people to give more, you know, after after a, a powerful sermon. And, and you know, I've, I've moved away from that. You know, I, I, at least with our church, I've tried to create a culture of giving as parts as an act of worship. Um, um, it, it shouldn't be about how well you feel the preacher preached. You're not paying the preacher. Um, you, are, you are honoring God. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 9, that we should honor the Lord with our substance and with the first fruit of all our increase. That is how our barns will be filled with plenty and our presses will burst forth with new wine. You know, a lot of times we focus on the barns being filled with plenty bits. But really, where we're meant to be focusing on is the honor of the Lord, okay? We are worshiping the Lord uh, with our giving. We are worshiping the Lord with our giving. Abel was moved to give in honor of God, based on his relationship with God. That was why it was a gift of faith. And we saw what Abel gave here. His honor of the Lord moved him to give the best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. The best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock. No one told him to do that. Faith caused him to do that. Seeing God as his source caused him to take the best portions of the firstborn. You know, the firstborn is just like your, you know, your your best seed. You want to keep your best seed for um you know, for future planting. Your firstborn is your most valuable. Yeah, the one that opens the womb. But he took faith in God as his source, caused him to take that firstborn and the best part of it and sacrifice it to the Lord. Because he knew that 
um, the Lord deserved honor. And if you're honoring someone, you want to give them your best. And he also knew that God was his source. And that is why the fruit of that faith transcends time. Because when you walk by faith, it's a spiritual transaction. Uh, yes, physically, uh, things will happen. But beyond that, that operation of faith um, will, will outlive you. Yeah, it, 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 it has eternal impact. And that's why the Bible says that though he's dead, he's still alive. He still speaks to us. We don't talk about Cain uh, very often. We talk about Abel a lot more. And, and in heaven, he's rewarded for his act of faith. You know, in High Life, our sixth value, uh, we have seven values. Uh, value six is that uh, we get to bear fruit forever. So we plant the seed of God. Uh, the quality of the seed you plant is very important. Uh, and where it's coming from is very important. Um, Abel moved based on his faith. And, you know, and he, he, he was established in that understanding of God as his source. You know, in, in Deuteronomy 8.18, the Bible says, remember the Lord your God. He's the one that gives you the power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. Okay, so we see this element of spiritual substance, engagement with spiritual substance, and it's resulting in an action that produced results. Let's look at verse 5 uh, in the New Living Translation. It says, it was by faith that Enoch, was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. For it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. He says it was by faith that Enoch was taken up. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up. You see, faith transcends all limitations. It transcends the limitation of time, of space, of culture, of dispensations. Yeah? Because it's transcendent. It, it, it says it's by faith that it was taken up. Enoch was not taken up because God just chose to do so. It was the operation of faith that caused Enoch to be taken up. Now let's let's dissect that a little bit. If you read Genesis 5, you know, that actually talks about Enoch in verse 18, it says, when Jared was 162 years old, he became the father of Enoch. After the birth of Enoch, Jared lived another 800 years and he had other sons and daughters. Verse 20 says, Jared lived 962 years and then he died. When Enoch was 65 years old, he became the father of Methuselah. After the birth of Methuselah, Enoch lived in close fellowship with God for another 300 years. And he had other sons and daughters. Enoch lived 365 years, walking in close fellowship with God. Then one day he disappeared because God took him. Yeah. Now, we see from this account, first of all, uh, that Enoch, um, you know, from 65 years old, I mean, he had lived for 65 years and he had kids, you know, he was a person like you and I, um, but he walked 
in close fellowship with God. So the first thing it teaches me is that you and I can determine how close we walk with God. Because even in the context of normal life, in the context of normal responsibilities, Enoch chose to prioritize his fellowship with God and his um, and 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 his closeness to God, even in the midst of of other responsibilities. Yeah. So, how close you and I are to God is a is a factor of personal choice, and he chose to exercise his faith in his pursuit of God. He also transcended the culture of the time because remember. Enoch lived at a time when, like Genesis 6 says, the sons of God came into the daughters of men. It was a time of giants. It was a time of great wickedness. In, in chapter 6, verse 5, for instance, the Bible says that the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intent of the thoughts of man was evil continually. Okay? So he transcended culture. Yeah? He transcended culture, the prevalent culture um, of his time. In, in fact, Enoch... Is actually the first prophet um, recorded in the Bible. Yeah, um, he the, the Bible says in Jude verse fourteen, he says Enoch who lived in the seventh generation after Adam prophesied above these people or about these people. He said, "Listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on the people of the world." Um, so even in that wicked culture. He chose to be close to God. He chose to seek the Lord. He transcended the culture of the time. He he actually uh, went um, he 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 went beyond that to begin to see into the realm of the spirit um, and begin to prophesy about things that would happen at the end of time. Okay, so the exercise of faith will will transcend. Um, um, limits of, of your culture, limits imposed by anything physical. In fact, Enoch also went beyond dispensational limits because we see that, you know, that he, 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 he disappeared. Uh, you know, he, 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 uh, he, he, he entered into something that, as far as, you know, common theology is concerned, is, is reserved for uh, for the rapture, okay? So faith, the exercise of faith transcends um, all limits. You know, we know that what we know of God is, um, is, is, what is, is largely what is revealed to us by people. Uh, but these people are people who have, who have um, sought him out, okay? And you see, God is way, way bigger than even the revelation of God that we have received up to this point. As we seek a higher revelation of God, he will reveal more of himself to us. I mean, who knew that you could you can be translated if it wasn't for Enoch and his choice to walk uh, uh, closely with God? He, he locked on, uh, and this is why it's faith. He locked on to something about the substance of God's person. And he kept willingly exploring that until it absorbed him to the point where he disappeared. Okay, um, um, and he says that Enoch had that testimony that he pleased the Lord. Yeah, the, the Lord is pleased when we engage with Him. 
the Lord is pleased when we walk by faith, okay? And we enter into that transcendent life. Um, but, but it must be pursued um, to be experienced, okay? And Enoch did this, okay? And he demonstrated that there's no limit in God, yeah? Uh, there's no limit in God. You know, we like to make sense of our world. We like to, um, you know, we like to put things in boxes and 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 uh, embrace this feeling that we understand the world around us. And I, and I understand where that sense comes from. You know, there's a there's a certain comfort we get from the predictability of life. But the reality is that, you know, at a quantum level, everything is just energy. Um, vibrating at different uh, frequencies. You know, life is a lot more fluid, is a lot more exciting than we give it credit for. Um, and, and, and it's a lot less predictable than we have made it to be. And that happens as we begin to explore the realities of God. And Enoch demonstrated that um, in the way he pursued the Lord, yeah, uh, and walked very closely with him and engaged with spiritual substance until he was so absorbed by it that he entered fully, bodily, into the transcendent life. But beyond that, at least for, our, uh, for most of our application, um, it's a fact that when we engage by faith, there are no limits. There really are no limits. You're not limited by time. You're not limited by space. You're not limited by culture. Um, you are taking your impetus from a different realm, yeah, uh, and we see that in the life of 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 Enoch. Let's look at verse seven. Um, let's read that from the Passion translation. It says, "Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God." about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. But he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. By his faith, the world was condemned, but Noah received God's gift of righteousness that comes by believing. Now, I'd like us to look at that first verse, that first line again. It says, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation. Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation. In other words, the architecture of Noah's heart allowed him to be open to receive revelation. The architecture of Noah's heart allowed him to be open to receive revelation. Not every heart can receive revelation or birth the fruit of revelation. This is so important. Yeah. Faith opened Noah's heart. Before Noah could receive revelation, he was already operating by faith, meaning he was already engaging with spiritual substance. And that engagement caused his heart to be open. You know, not every heart is open. To receive revelation, even though we might say we are. Um, you know, in Mark 4, 14, the Bible says the sower sows the word. And in Mark 4, we see the, the parable of the soils, which speaks about the vital importance of the constitution of the soil in producing fruit. 
In other words, the, the, the constitution of your heart will determine what it can produce. Now, we see in Noah's case that through faith, his heart was opened to receive revelation. You know, God has ordered that it is through the heart of humanity that the kingdom makes entry into our lives. It is through our hearts that the life of the kingdom, the power of the kingdom is revealed in the physical dimension. So, so your heart is very important. Proverbs 4.23 says, the passion says, above all, guard the affections of your heart for they will affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from there flows the wellspring of life. So evidently, Noah's heart was already made malleable by a functional relationship with God. Okay, remember, this was a time where he didn't have any Bible, he didn't have any church, you know, there was no cultural, um, you know, propensity to be religious or even to be moral. He sought God because he wanted to. Yeah, he was very counterculture. In fact, the Bible makes it clear that there was no one like Noah in all the earth. I mean, if you read uh, Genesis 6 verse 9, it says, this is the NIV, it says that this is the account of Noah and his family. It says, Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. In verse 11, it says, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become, for all the people on earth had corrupted their ways. So all the people on earth had corrupted their ways, but Noah was blameless amongst all the people of the earth. Okay? So there was no um, cultural imposition. There was no religious requirement. There was no moral requirement. But, but Noah um, sought God. He sought God because he wanted to. Yeah? He sought God because his heart was after God. And as a result of that, as a result of that, um, his heart was open to receive divine instruction. I read it again. It says, Faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about what was coming, even things that had never been seen. And he stepped out in reverent obedience to God and built an ark that would save him and his family. Yeah? So we see that his action was based on impetus from another realm. Yeah? He built this ark based on divine revelation, based on divine instruction. Okay? And, and his heart, through his relationship with God, he had a kind of relationship. You know, we all say we have relationship with God, but it's interesting how, you know, Oftentimes, we see where our current theology or our preconceptions or our, or our proclivities or preferences limit um, what God is allowed to do in our lives. But clearly, that was not the case with Noah because he received that instruction from God that was about something that he had never seen before, but he didn't question it. Yeah, 
you see, I believe that God wants to download new things in this time. I believe that the Lord wants to visit people, wants to visit his church with new inventions. He wants to, he wants to give us new mantles. He wants to give us new mandates. Okay? He wants to direct us in a way that is unfamiliar. But it says that faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation. Yeah. Uh, our hearts must be open to receive revelation that is beyond what we know, that is beyond what we've experienced, where our definition is, not, is no longer based on culture or history or the norm. Yeah. Can you imagine how, how, how incredible that instruction was? I mean, theologians vary in their opinion on how long it took to build, um, to build the ark. Some say it was 40 years, 50 years, 120 years. But even if it was 40 years, 40 years building something. You see, if Enoch was the first prophet, then Noah was the first apostle. Because he built a structure that would preserve humanity, yeah, that came from heaven. He built a structure. And there are new structures that God wants to download into our hearts. New instructions about things that are coming that have never been seen. And those who have their hearts open will begin to receive revelation. And they'll begin to move with reverent obedience. Yeah, He moved with reverence because he knew us from God and he obeyed it to the ridicule of everybody around him. And with that, he saved his family. There are things that we are building today that are going to save those um, who right now may ridicule it, but will save us in the future yeah but our hearts must be open to receive those instructions and those instructions have been downloaded now um, if our hearts are not already open through a functional relationship with God where we recognize that we know very little then when he comes we'll rebuke him and we'll say no Lord um, the tangibility of engagement with substance from a different realm. So we see faith is not, um, you know, you hear people talking about take a leap of faith. Well, you don't take a leap of faith. Faith is founded on substance. It's founded on reality. Tangible reality that we have engaged with um, from another realm. Yeah. Um, Noah, in this case, moved with reverent fear of what he had locked onto from another realm. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of the John's epistle in, in uh, 1 John 1 verse 1. He says that that which, from, which was from the beginning, uh, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, the logos of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. You see, John is talking about engaging with the Logos made flesh, okay? 
engaging with the logos made flesh. He says, you know, our faith is based on handling a tangible manifestation of the logos. The logos can be made flesh in your life. That becomes, it becomes a tangible substance that you lay hold on and your faith will, will root itself in it. It will give you confidence, stability in the midst of um, terrible opposition. Why? Because you have actually locked on to substance. Your, your hand has felt that key and you are pulling it in. If your hand doesn't feel the key, then you can be discouraged. But when you've felt the key, it's like people are saying, no, I can't see it. I can't see it. Saying, no, don't worry. I can, I, can, I can feel it. Yeah. And I'm not talking about physical feelings here when I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about hooking up to spiritual substance um, and spiritual reality that are formed from his word. Let us end uh, this morning. Um, I'm just going to end by, I'm going to leapfrog a few verses. I'll come back to Abraham um, next week. But let's look at verse 24. It's talking about Moses here. Um, and Because I'd, I'd like to, there's something mentioned here that I think ties into what I've emphasized on this week. It says, faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. For although he was raised as the son of Pharaoh's daughter, he refused to make that his identity. Choosing instead to suffer mistreatment with the people of God. Moses preferred faith's certainty above the momentary enjoyment of sin's pleasures. He found his true wealth in suffering abuse for being anointed more than in anything the world could offer him. For his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate faith's great reward. Holding faith's promise, Moses abandoned Egypt and had no fear of Pharaoh's rage because he persisted in faith as if he had seen what is unseen. It says faith enabled Moses to choose God's will. Faith enabled Moses to suffer mistreatment. Faith enabled Moses um, to find true wealth in suffering. Okay, He turned his back on what the world had to offer because, the Bible says, his eyes looked with wonder, not on the immediate, but on the ultimate faith grace reward. And the last statement here says, um, he persisted in faith as if he had seen God who is unseen. So we see that faith, the faith to resist sin, the faith to press and follow God's will, the faith to um, refuse the pleasure of sin and, and embrace um, a life of suffering. You see, all those faith, all those things are enabled by a sight of something that is not of this world. Okay, it's based on on other world sightedness, and it will propel a movement into confident action. Okay, so we see here that our engagement with the word. Uh, like like Enoch, our engagement with the word, our engagement with spiritual substance are, are, um, 
embracing um embracing the life of the word embracing the things of the spirit not as a religious um exercise but as a doorway to to true spiritual experience is the anchor that would birth faith that will give us strength to resist evil that will give us strength to press in in following the lord's instructions and bring to birth the things that god has purposed for our lives how has your interaction with god's word brought you into sightedness that has led you into confident action i say that again how has your interaction with god's word brought you into sightedness that has led you into confident action it wasn't about what abel gave it was about why he gave um he had come into sightedness about god as his source It was not about the limits of his situation in the case of Enoch. It was about his engagement with God and the reality of that experience and him pressing in constantly that elevated him beyond all limits. The things that Enoch experienced were beyond even his imagination of what he thought he would have when he began but as he began to engage and he continued to press in he was going deeper and deeper and he began to exceed the limits of time space even dispensation there are no limits in faith noah his heart was open because he he engaged with god um he chose to engage with god in a, in a real substantive way and because his heart was open he was able to respond when he received instructions about things that he had never heard about before he, he did not allow his identity to be based on his culture um, he was open to a higher way of life and following a path that nobody else on earth followed it wasn't because he was just strong-willed no it was because he had other world sightedness yeah he had a real relationship with god and his heart was open to god in all in in all ways moses was 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 um was raised in luxury yeah i was raised in luxury but he he treated it with levity because he 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 he, he was engaging with something deeper okay and it strengthened his will it caused him to lightly you know cast off um, the robes of opulence and embrace a different path because he had seen something you see all these heroes um, that received heaven's acknowledgement um, all engaged with substance in another realm yeah i trust you've um, you've learned something today in the application of faith um next week we'll talk some more uh, we'll explore the life of abraham uh, and some of the other heroes in hebrews 11 uh, because we are destined to be the heroes of heaven as well
and and we need to walk in the same path that they walked. Uh, they walked. Yes. God bless you. Uh, thank you for joining us today.